I've been wanting to preach this message for a long time, but um, over maybe maybe if God allows me to preach it now and next week. There we go. The man is married. <laughs> okay, so you can take it down. So so uh, just using that for a moment, I looked at. Um, the two of them during the ceremony. Now, I do a lot, of, a lot of marriages, but because of my son probably, where's, oh, okay, man, just see, don't force me. Father, standing there like this. Father, thank you for the blessing of multiplication of the bread, Lord, that you are the God of the supernatural. And we pray this morning that you will bless every person, even those who are not even able to give right now, that you will open doors of work and provision supernaturally, Father, that the testimonies will come flowing through the door of this house, that God, Jehovah Jireh, is their provider. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you, sir. Why do we see pictures? I don't know why we see pictures. So, I, well, this has got nothing to do with nothing, but anyway, maybe it's a good joke to start the service with. So, my pastor that I served under before I became my own pastor, or that I became a pastor on my own, um, a pastor by the name of Detlef van Asweging, he served under another guy whose name was James Claynon, and James was a very naughty guy. You know, he was always up to mischief. So one morning, Pastor Dietliff walks into the church, and James looks at him and says, you're going to do your first funeral today, Armin. Okay, you're going to do your first funeral today, and, you know, um, uh, uh, Daniel and all the other interns. And so here's this guy, he'd never done a funeral in his life, and he has to do a funeral. So it was strange people, they'd asked to borrow the church, and so what happened was, the, you, you know, the family in the coffin wheeled into the church, and when he looked up, he was very nervous. When he looked up, the pastor had taken over the role of undertaker, his senior pastor. And he was standing dressed in one of those long coats, you know, with a, with a, with a, with a swallowtail. And, that, that, and he was standing, like I was looking into the offering right now, he was standing, you know, the, the undertaker used to do that? They would stand at the side. They wouldn't sit. They would stand in attendance, at the, at, and he was standing like this. And he stood there looking at him throughout the entire funeral, and he had to keep a straight face while his pastor was standing there going, anyway. So that's why Nono was standing. He was standing there one side waiting for me to realize I hadn't prayed for that. Okay. I realized something. At looking at Sean and at Esther and preaching out of Ephesians 5, the bridegroom and the bride, this mystery is great, but I'm speaking about the man and the woman, but I'm actually speaking about Christ and His church. And I looked at that love that was flowing between the two of them, and I realized if we can just realize in this morning, I'm hoping and praying, the love that Jesus has for you and me and the extent that He was prepared to go to, that love, he lo we love Him because He first loved us. That 
absolute worshipful adoration coming from the bride, flowing back from the bridegroom, coming from the bride, flowing back from the bridegroom. I looked at it and I thought, man, that's what we need right now in the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, that we get a fresh revelation of how much He loves us. Oh, how He loves us. Amen? So, this morning I'm speaking about life and death. And I hope that this morning something is going to drop inside of you that is going to rock your foundation and really give you an absolute wake-up call. Did I give you a, a scripture? Okay, so Jesus comes in John 10, 10, and He says, The thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. He comes but to do that. But I have come. Say, Jesus has come. Say, 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 say uh, mission statement. I have come to give you abundant death. Ah, I, I, I'm hoping that you'll smile as I say. Jesus did not come to give you abundant death. Jesus came to give you abundant, say life. Okay, so that sounds good, but let's go a little bit deeper. Abundant life. And I came to give you life and life more. Okay, so that statement just sounds like a sentence until you start disseminating it and understand that the word life there is zoe. That word there means the kind of life that God is and has. Let it sink this morning. The kind of life that God is and has. The kind of life that God is and has. The kind of life that says, let there be light and the whole creation exists. That kind of life. The one that created life. In fact, the scripture I'm about to read and start with this morning says, He is the author of life. You get me. You get me. Here we go. Okay. Acts 3, 15. Uh, and we're going to read a lot this morning, so just keep going with me. But you denied the Holy One and the just, in capital J, desired a murderer to be granted unto you. And you killed, in the King James, the Prince of Life, whom God hath raised from the dead, wherefore or whereof we are witnesses. Let's read the, um, the, the Amplified. It says, But you denied and rejected and disowned the pure and holy, the just and blameless one, and demanded the pardon of a murderer to be granted to you. But you killed the very source, in brackets, author of life, whom God raised from the dead. This to this we are witnesses. Now, I've preached a number of times on this. If you find a truth in the Bible and you start looking at it, and I plead with you as church, especially in the era that we live with YouTube and this and that and the next thing, there are so many people appearing on your screen, and I get people now, daily, phoning me and saying to me, I want you to clear up this situation. Okay, no, I mean. And then they say to me, uh, I was watching this guy, and he said this. Is this true? You need to have the Holy Spirit. You need the Holy Spirit to lead you into all truth. There's a bunch of stuff out there that might be truthful in the fact that it's in the Bible, but it might not be the whole truth. 
it might not be what God wants you to understand as Bible truth, as biblical. And we need to be discerning. We need to have a look and, and to be able to discern stuff out of the Bible and say, this is truly what God is saying. Now, one of the guarantees of that is to bring it into context. And when I say bring it into context, read at least three or four verses, if not chapters, going backwards and going forwards around the verse, see who it's being said to, see how it's being said, and to see the context, um die verband te sien, to understand what God is saying. Because to take a scripture and pull it out to suit you, and then apply that scripture all on its own, standing by itself, one little verse, is a very dangerous practice. But if you do your homework and you read a little bit around and you start to investigate something, the deeper you go, if it is genuine truth, you will find the facet around every single corner. Oh, I'm hoping to get a lot more excited people this morning because when I'm... Let me hit you with just where I'm going this morning. So... The wages of sin equals, all right. So by one man's disobedience and offense, sin entered. And through sin, death came upon all men. Say death. So Jesus didn't just pay the price on the cross, and once he'd finished taking your and my sin and death, get off the cross and say, okay, it's done. He had to die. He had to be buried, spend three days in the grave, not see corruption, and rise on the third day. And I'll rise again. Ain't no power on earth will keep me down. And all the things that we sing about resurrection, but do we actually realize that resurrection life is something that we should be preaching right alongside salvation because He's the author of life. Hebrews 12 says He's the author and finisher of my faith. There's something about what Jesus did when he paid the price for sin and he conquered sin and death. I said he conquered sin and the resultant fact of sin, death. Okay, so let's go to the big book of beginnings. Genesis. Satan arrives, he looks at them, he says to Eve, you know the story, he didn't go to Adam. He went to the one that actually had heard by hearsay. He didn't, God had not spoken to Eve, he'd spoken to Adam, and Adam had conveyed this. So he didn't go to the person who had had the encounter. He went to the one that was living with the words of the encounter, went to the woman and said to, did God say that you will surely die if you eat of the fruit of this tree? Say, surely die. She said, God said, we will surely die. He said, no, you will not. Say, father of lies. Say, father of flies. Okay, never mind. Okay, so the liar comes, twists it, and he said, but if you eat of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you will be just like God. Hey, hang on a minute. Pause for a moment. Is this actually a 
reasonable argument? No, because God said, come let us, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, make men in our image and after our so how's it possible that now he's tempting her to eat of a tree to make her better? Does it sound familiar? You're not good enough yet. You need to do this. You're not good enough yet. You need to do that. Do this, do that, do this, do that, do this, do that, do this, do that. And he gets us into works to try and let us think that by effort of ourselves we can save ourselves. When he said, all you have to do is believe in what I've done. So what happens? They eat. Immediate separation, so death to their spiritual life, and afterwards someone who was created with no death in him dies. It took 900 years, but he dies. So by one man, sin entered, and through sin, death. But by another man, Jesus Christ came in to take care of the sin and the consequences of sin. Oh, by the way, thank you very much. I gave them short notice to that one. That is an awesome, awesome, awesome picture for this service. Sin is taken care of, and by God taking care of sin, Jesus comes, one man, life, is returned and restored. Separation is taken away. I pray by the Holy Spirit that you will see something this morning. As we go through these scriptures, that you will realize that there is more, um, more references to eternal life than you can actually begin to think, and that the disciples are taken and said, you will be witnesses of my resurrection. Resurrection life is an issue. Liz's mom, did she die or did she just step over? If you're a child of God, I'm telling you this morning, there is no such thing as death. The devil has made a big issue about this life and this life only and dying. But as much as you can sit here this morning and say, I know I'm forgiven, Lord help me. I know I'm forgiven. I know I have life and life eternal in me. And I want you to start looking for it in your Bible because the more security you have about eternal security, knowing that death cannot separate me from anything... <laughs> okay, so let us go and do some study, all right? Um, let us go to Hebrews. Hebrews and she drinks. Hebrews. Hebrews 2, I think. Hebrews 2. Guys, I, I, I firmly believe this morning... The devil does not want you to find these scriptures, does not want you and me to believe in them, wants to keep us under some form of fear, but we're going to deal with that right now. Uh, I'm going to read just from verse 8 because there's so much. 
Thou hast put all things, verse 8 of Hebrews 2, subjection under his feet. For in that he put all things subjection under him, you left nothing that is not put under him. But now we see not yet all things. Say but. So the first but's not a really good but. It's a bit of a bad but. Okay, but, but, okay. But now we see not all things under him. He's talking about man. He's talking about you and me that Christ through death put all things under our feet, but we don't yet see all things under our feet. Okay? Second but. But we see Jesus. Say we see Jesus who was made a little lower than angels, the translation says, but it's actually than God himself, for suffering death, uh, for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor. Oh, we say, for thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. By the grace of God should taste death for, can I put there, on behalf of every man. So Jesus did not just go and die for your sin, but he tasted death on your behalf. Somebody please shout, whoopee. Say amen, say anything. He tasted death on your behalf. If he taste, can I ask you a question? If he tasted death on your behalf, and you don't accept that portion, then what did he die for? When his mission statement says, I came to give you life. You see, we run over stuff, but we don't realize the kind of life that he is and has is an eternal life. It's an everlasting life. It's an undying life. He came to the specific purpose, not just to save you from your sins, but to give you life. Not just in this life, but in the life hereafter. Does everybody know, sitting in this place this morning, that you are an eternal being? If you die without Jesus, you are going to live eternally. But on the wrong side of the line. But what you need to know this morning is just by receiving Jesus, just by saying, Lord, I believe in you. Won't you come into my life? That little step there, as little as it sounds, is actually something huge because he has brought you out of death into a cross, into life. Amen. Oh, Lord, help me. Help me. Help me. Let's go to, uh, I'm going to jump around a bit. Let me go to the back of my notes quickly. Here. John, where am I? The John 5, 24. They got it up there. No. John 5, 24. Run there quickly. Run there. Run there. Where was I? Oh, I've got to go back to Hebrews. Keep your finger in Hebrews if you haven't gone away there already. Uh, John 5. John, 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 John 5. Ooh, man. Man. Oh. My mind, my mind, my mind. Here are two witnesses and some other people that knew Quibbus. There were people, because Sean and I mentioned Quibbus, there were people in this church that were very upset about the fact that we would constantly preach about Prophet Quibbus. In fact, I was questioned a number of times, why do you always speak about him? This is why I always speak about the man, is that I saw more people come out of wheelchairs. I saw more people that were on the brink of death. They were already plugged up in the pandemic of... of, of um, 
uh, AIDS. They were already plugged up. They were losing their body fluid. They'd been carried into the place. This is what I'm speaking about this morning. He would walk up to a dying man. He would grab him. He would say, sir, look at me. Then he would pray this way. And I never, oh, I've got goosebumps on my goosebumps. He would pray this way. And I didn't understand for years why he would pray this way. He would say, look at me. Like the Peter and John on the way to the temple at the hour of prayer. Look on us. That which I have, I give unto you. What do you have? The spirit of life. He would say, sir, I give you life. Amen. Then he would go, that's where I'm going with you. That's where I'm going with you. You carry a spirit of life. Amen. He would look at him and he would say, arise. And he would pull him out of a wheelchair. He would pull him up of a stretcher. And that same man, here are my witnesses. You can go and look at the videos. They would leave the service pushing the wheelchair that he'd been pushed into, him pushing his own wheelchair, him carrying his own bed, like Jesus raising the man from the dead, they would leave. Amen. 1 Corinthians 15, 45. The first man was a living soul. The last man, a life-giving spirit. John 5. John 5, are you there? Help me, Jesus. 24. Verily, verily, I say unto you, as in heaven, as in earth, whenever Jesus said, verily, verily, if he said John, John, if he said Saul, Saul, whenever Jesus said that twice, he was doing a sovereign work in the heaven, as it is in heaven, let it be so on earth. Verily, verily, Saul, Saul, I say unto you, he that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death into life. Can I read it again in the uh, Amplified? I assure you, most solemnly I tell you, the person whose ears are open to my words, who listen to my message, and believes and trusts and clings to and relies on him who sent me, possesses now eternal life. When we all get to heaven, what a day of re Sorry, I'm, I'm just mocking. Why do we put everything off we have as promise for now into the sweet by and by when God said, you are now my sons, you are now my daughters, you possess now life and abundance. Who listens to my message and believes and trusts in and clings and relies on him who sent me possesses now eternal life. And he does not come into judgment, does not incur sentence of judgment, will not come under condemnation. But he has already passed over out of death into life already. There's a surety this morning, child of God, that you are eternal being right now. You possess eternal life right now. You have been not only forgiven, but you've been given life eternal. 
For God so loved the world. Come on, help me quote. That He gave you His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him. Can I just see how many people believe in Jesus? Just wave at me. Good morning, eternal beings of the Father. You have already passed from death into life. You have already passed from judgment into... Go and read three, John 3, 14, 15, 16. He says, he who doesn't believe is already condemned. But he who believes has already passed out of condemnation. For I did not come into the world to condemn the world, but that they should might... You see... There's a security, there's a surety that rises up in you. <laughs> Back to Hebrews. Hebrews and she drinks. And I knock this and knock this and knock this and knock this. Because you see, I cannot start ministering life if I don't understand that I possess it. I cannot start ministering life to a sick person, to a dying person. I cannot start ministering life to a dead business. I cannot speak to dead bones. I cannot prophesy that kind of way unless I don't realize that the spirit of life is within me. How many times has a word come into your life speaking to dead business? And a revival occurs in your dead business, and what was dead is all of a sudden alive. Hebrews 2. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hebrews 2. Ha ha. Let me see. <laughs> But now we see Jesus made a little lower than the angels or than God himself. For suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that he by the grace of God should taste death for every man on behalf of. For it became him for whom are all things and by whom are all things. For from you are all things. How does that song go? You sing it Sunday after Sunday. <laughs> All right? For it became him for, all, for, for whom are all things and by whom are all things in bringing many sons unto glory. Just look at me for a moment. You are not the eldest son. You did not get crucified. There is only one eldest son just the one who was born the only begotten of the Father, okay? Full of grace and truth. He's the begotten Son. He's your elder brother. He paid the price so that many other brethren can follow in His stead. So He pushed through death and was raised on the third day, and we celebrate it every Easter Sunday but not just for one day. Every Easter Sunday, not just for one day. I'm a poet and I don't know. 
to make the captain of their salvation perfect through sufferings. For both he that sanctifieth and they who are sanctified, that are us, are all of one, for which cause he is not ashamed to call them brethren, saying, I will declare the name um, I, I will declare thy name unto my brethren in the midst of the church. I will sing praise unto thee. And again, I will put my trust in him. And again, behold, I and the children which God hath given me. For as much then as children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same, that through death he might destroy him, that at the power of death that is the devil. Come on. C come on. Is it in your Bible or not? Jesus destroyed the devil. Now, pastor, the devil. You know what? Unfortunately, there are more people that know more about Satan than they know about Jesus Christ and their position as sons and daughters of God. Sorry I'm screaming. Sorry I'm excited. Sorry I'm pushing through. But I need to see this breakthrough in the church that we understand our victory is sealed. The devil is beaten and you are alive. <laughs> Saying, I will, uh, and again, I will put my trust in the Bible. For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also likewise took part of the same, that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is the devil. So who was walking around, swinging the keys around, and telling us that we're going to die, and he's going to have us? Are you too scared to say it now? The who? The who? The devil. Oh, I just saw a picture. So here is the doorpost of the house of a family in Egypt. On the doorpost, there's blood. Which, by the way, you know, and we preach it often, shadow and type of our communion eating of the lamb's flesh and then putting the blood on the what does God say he said and I will come and stand where I see the blood and the angel of death will who was killing them was God killing them no, the angel of death was doing that. That's what he's created for. But God said, I'll stand at the blood. Rebuke the devil on your behalf, on my behalf. Passing through the Dead Sea. Can anybody open the sea? What sort of obstacle is that? Impossible, impossible. But God said, I'll make a way where there is no way. And he parted the ocean. Jesus dies, buried, and then enters into an impossible obstacle. And then he passes through death. And comes out on the other side. And says, I've made a way for you where there was no way. John falling down on the Isle of Patmos, he says, I have the keys 
of death, hell, and the grave. I went down there to take that from him, which he had and held over you all these years. I went to take that so that you can have surety of life. Right now, right here. <sighs> Saying, I will declare thy name unto the brethren in the midst of the church. I will sing praise unto thee. And again, I will put my trust in him. And behold, the children that God hath given me, for as much as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also likewise took part of the same, that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is the devil, and deliver them, say me, who through fear of death were all of their lifetime subject to bondage. Egas frei, 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 hallelujah, Christus maak mij frei. Eens was ik dood of blind, maar nou kan ik zien. Egas frei, I am free, free. Come on, you know what? There would be joy in the church during worship if I knew how free I really am. If I knew that God had paid a price not just to set me free from my sins, and people are battling to believe that because they feel they have to be deserved enough to have forgiveness, and you'll never be deserved enough, so cut that one. But God didn't just set you free from your sins. He set you free from the fear of death. And you can smile at me with your most frumvrisse gieve morgen, pastoor. Ek was nog nooit bang om dood te gaan nie. Pastor, I'm not fearing death. I never have done. Come, let me pray for you. Let you. People, I want to go to heaven. I want to go to heaven. I want to be with Jesus. Then come. Or let's baptize you again and just keep you under the water. Bloop, 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 bloop. No, we don't keep you under the water. We bury the old man there, and he dies. And then we raise you in a new life with Christ, so you are walking a resurrected life. And now you can go into Acts. And from the book of Luke 24, you will see over and over and over again, the disciples' gospel is not just one declaring the kingdom has come and that Jesus is alive and he rules and reigns in this earth, but the gospel is truly one of saying, I'm bringing you a testimony that Christ died and he was raised again on the third day. I am a witness to resurrection life. Now, you didn't keep that witness. They did. Those apostles, they died for that testimony. They were persecuted and they were uh, uh, martyred for that testimony so that by this thing they could show you that they live. Hey, guys. Hey. We never saw him rise. But every Sunday on Easter morning, we sing song. Up from the grave, he rose with a mighty triumph, O his foes. He arose a victor from the dark domain, and he lives forever with his saints to reign. He arose, he arose. Hallelujah, Christ arose, and with him coming out, 
you and I, when we receive Him and simply believe on Him, we come out too. And now we can talk like David. Yea, though I go through the shadow of the valley, a shadow, guys, it's not there for you and me. We step through. We step through. We have an eternal salvation, a precious hope of eternity right now. But the first man, Adam, was a living soul. But the last man, Jesus, the second Adam, dies, he takes him to the cross. I am crucified with Christ. I no longer live. Which I? That I, I. That flesh I. He no longer lives. But the life that I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God. Huh? I now live because He lives. I'm connected to His life, inseparable to His life. He said, the second man is a life-giving spirit. So I can't preach it all in one Sunday. So he steps through the wall. And they go, oh my goodness. He says, don't be afraid. Peace be unto you. Look at my hands. Look at my feet. Then he says to them, Receive the Holy Ghost. Life giving spirit. He has set you free from the law of sin and death and brought you over into the spirit of life. Are you ready? Now let's have a look at Romans 8 again. If the same, not, not like, like I've got a Toyota Corolla Etios standing out there, and it's a 19 whatever, but there's four other models of the same. They are like, but they are not the. If the same The exact imprint. The same spirit that rose Jesus from the dead. The same spirit that rose Christ. Yeah. Go and read Romans 8. It doesn't say the same spirit that rose Jesus from the dead will quicken your mortal body. It says the same spirit that rose Jesus is the same spirit that rose Christ. Why Jesus and Christ? Because Jesus is the fleshly son, the one that went to, but the Christ is the one that was, Jesus is the one born of Mary. The Christ is the one anointed at the baptismal waters that came upon him, that spirit. You know they couldn't kill him? No man could live through what Jesus went through. His bones were showing. He, he was totally dehydrated. He'd lost enough blood to kill a thousand men. He could not die. Until he hung on the cross and said, Father, into thy hands I commit my spirit. Then he gave the spirit up. He took your sin, became your sin, my sin, became death for us, went down into the hell and Hades, took the keys away, threw off the cloak of sin, took the keys, paid for our sins, then rose again. 
It says, when Jesus rose from the dead, the graves opened in Jerusalem, and those of past saints were seen walking around. He went to preach to those disobedient in the time of Noah. And then he took them and went... And now we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses who encourage us to run, to run the race. Go, Peter. Go, Pete. Go. Go, go, Boris. Go. No, no. Go, Dave. Go. You, we cannot be completed without you. Go. Go. You've got something to tell them. Yea, though I walk through the shadow of the valley of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thou rod and thy son, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. From when? Is he not dwelling already? Are you not dwelling already? Are you not temples of the Holy Spirit? Does the same Spirit that rose Jesus not dwell in you? So now the quickening Spirit lives in me. He said, that Spirit will quicken your mortal, dying, mortal body. So that I can do the work I'm called to do here on earth. And He will escort me on that day. Walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil. For thou art with me. Thy rod, thy staff, they comfort me. And I will dwell, am dwelling in the house of the Lord. Do you see one little, one little factor, guys? One little factor this morning. He did not just die to take away your sin, but he came that you might have life. Amen. And life more abundantly. And the surety of that life turns you into a life-giving spirit. Now the same spirit that rose Jesus from the dead is quickening you. And wherever you go, you can go to somebody and say, give me your hand. Look at me. I see you suffering with sickness, brother, but I bring you life. In the name of Jesus Christ, the risen one. Nah! Amen. Close quickly. So I'm preaching in Malmesbury last week. And one of my old Malmesbury church people comes to me. And he says to me, I met a woman. He testifies it in the service, doesn't use her name. Comes afterwards and said, who were you talking about? He said, this pastor prayed for a woman who had stage four breast cancer. And when she went back for a test, she was clean and she's still clean. I said, when did that happen? Who? I'm not even aware of. I don't know anything. This is a testimony. This girl was in my youth. And she came back into our life for a season and I spoke to her and I found out that she'd been diagnosed with breast cancer and I said to her I need to speak to you and I couldn't get to her physically and I phoned her and I spoke to her the words of life and the words of peace and I blessed her I had compassion in my heart for this woman because I didn't want to see this young girl that had grown up in front of me die like so many others. She tells this brother, she says, the moment, please take your eyes off me. Please take your eyes. It's not about me. Please, 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 it's not about me. The moment I spoke those words, peace settled and it's never left her. I went back to the doctor and they keep on looking and they cannot believe that she's clean. Come on, you can praise God. Good morning, you carriers of life.
Good morning, you everlasting beings. Lift up your heads, O ye gates. Let the King of glory come in. Who is this King of glory? That Lord everlasting. When you receive, lives in you. You will never be alone. You will never be forsaken. Though you face the most trying challenge in your life, we have to get hold of this and settle it right on the inside of us. I have life, the kind of life that God is and has. I have it more abundantly. And he died to give it to me. And I already have it. Amen. I hope you received something this morning. My true prayer is that you will walk out of this door with no fear in your life with no condemnation, with no insecurity, and saying, I am an eternal being connected to God, and He has connected Himself to me. He is my eternal bridegroom, and I'm look at him, looking at Him with doe eyes, like a, like a dove. Do you really love me that much? And He says, you don't even have a clue. You don't even understand how much I love you. Amen. Bless you.